Late in the evening, glass on the side, I sat with you for most of the night. Ignoring everybody here, we wish they would disappear, so maybe we could get down now. I don't wanna know, if you're getting ahead of the program, I want you to be my lead, yeah, to hold your Jennifer. <laughs> Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Josh. Welcome back to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter at Gleeful Podcast, I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Guys, I am one for one. Got it all correct without screwing up. Yay! Season six is the new season. All that hiber- is that hibernation period? <laughs> <It was. laughs> Welcome back. Uh, we are recording this on a beautiful Saturday morning. We have six live viewers, which is amazing. Oh that, is, that, oh, hey. that is that. That is like 20 times more impressive than I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're like gleeful. We're recording this a little earlier than usual hey. because we don't know what usual is anymore. Uh, no, well, because yeah. we're had, figuring it out. Ed's catching a plane later today. Is that correct? No, I'm, uh, my plane leaves at 7:30 tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So we are recording this on a Saturday morning. We are here to discuss the first two episodes of season six, entitled "Loser Like Me." and homecoming uh but before we dive all the way into glee it has been quite a while since we spoke yeah so uh we can probably go around the table a little bit um ed i'm sure you're doing well the only thing i want to hear about is your boyfriend so why don't you tell us about that um i mean this this year or since we last recorded it's been it's been like an interesting journey for me nothing's really changed except for everything but uh, <laughs> i mean but really but really sort of nothing's changed like uh i i'm finally i finally got a place on my own which is fantastic nice. uh i had some issues with my last roommate and his girlfriend but you know it's all cool now and by it's all cool i moved out so <laughs> but <laughs> but it's for the best because now uh i'll i should post a picture of this on the I painted. I did an ombre green wall in my in my apartment because I'm like I'm gonna do this because I'm the only person who's crazy enough to do this. That's what is awesome. ombre green? It's like gradations of oh really from, from Doctor Light. Uh, like like I'll just uh, no, I'll, yeah you I have to post remember. it. That's hilarious. I want to see that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it goes from light green to like light neon green to like dark green. It's really, it's really epic. And then um and then work's been sending me places, which is fantastic. I I feel so fortunate. I was just in San Francisco in December. That's now nice. I'm going straight back tomorrow for two weeks again. I'm like, oh, thank God. Wow, two weeks in San Francisco. That's, That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I know. And then, like, the weather has been crap here. So I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> 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 and then, uh, I, yeah, some, I've had some relationships since we've gone through. There was there was a guy that I was really obsessed with, but then that didn't work out. And now there's... Now there's someone. Now I'm, I'm seeing this boy. He's uh, a vet tech. It's exciting. For us. <laughs> I just told him like, don't come till one thirty. Like I need. Uh, I'm recording now, so <laughs> We're gonna, we we have a library date after this. That's to sweet. go to the library. 
Um, the, okay. Oh, well, no, you haven't, because I've only been there once. The Central Public Library in Indianapolis was, like, heaven. It's six stories. I was, like, I was like hating. I wasn't hating on the city. Okay, I kind of was. But then I went there. I was, like, oh, maybe Indianapolis isn't so bad. Maybe. Even though I'm still going to leave you at some point. But that doesn't mean I can't have fun for a little bit while I'm here. Absolutely. And your hair, your new hairstyle is modeled after a curler. Uh, yes. Uh, um and I really like the uh, the scruff under the chin. That's that's. Oh yeah, I, I'm all about the chin strap now. That's it's, awesome. Uh, it's a necessity for my uh, to give me to give my face some angles. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason I grew in facial hair because you can barely see it, but it gives me a shadow, and so it actually I look like I have a chin, which I don't have without facial hair. <laughs> well, there you go. That's that's how you do it. Uh, so, but uh, I we, curling has been. I did my first season curling and that was fantastic. Uh, our team got fourth out of eight, eighteen. <laughs> hey, so, that's great. Which isn't, that isn't terrible. No, really. I and I've gotten like I was, I was never terrible, but I'm like getting to very good levels of curling skill action. That's great. Like, so is everybody else on your team new to the sport? Um. So one of the people is new, but now, but now, now that we're entering Christmas or the spring season mm-hmm. uh, where like that was the fall team and now I'm getting a spring team. So I know nothing about them, this okay. new team. <laughs> but I do it for the love of the curling. Hey, <laughs> the love of the curl. 2018. There you go. 2018. I'm, Still rooting I'm, for I'm, you. I'm, I, I'm technically like working uh, like right now, the one team, one team from my division gets to go to the Midwest conference and then the winner of the Midwest Conference gets to do the National Conference, and the winner of the National Conference gets to do the Olympics. So, in theory, I am technically in contention for the Olympics. That is amazing. <laughs> wow, so, you've had a much more productive six months yeah. than us. Boston 2024, right? Oh, no, that's the no, no. summer. Olympics. That's the summer, yeah. <laughs> no, no, Pyong, uh, Pyeongchang 2018. Yeah. There you go. And uh, Jennifer, uh, how, what have you been up to? that I don't know about. Absolutely. Tell me about your boyfriend. Nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, sure, you, I'm sure you've been doing stuff. I what happened with the movies? Well, it, it's still uh yeah. it's still in post. The movies in editing. Uh yeah. we're currently editing the movie. Uh we've got a new editor that's going to come on and and do a pass. And uh yeah, I mean, the thing about movies is like there's this long period after you shoot them where everybody's like what's happening? What's happening? And you're like editing. That's it. Like it's all this. Yeah. There's like a ton of work up until you finish <clears throat> shooting, and then there's a ton of work after it. But it's all these long stretches where you just hand it to somebody for two months and be like, "Call me when you're done." Yeah. So that's kind of where we are right now. There's not that much to say. Um, but uh, but yeah, other than that, we've just we had like an insane Christmas. Uh, we had an insane couple of months leading up to Christmas. Yeah. Lots of family stuff going on. Very dramatic um, couple months. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Um, big family uh gathering here which was wonderful uh now my family my parents are out for four months not yeah jennifer's parents live a mile from us now for now, four months for four months just four months <laughs> and so we got some some of that still going on which michael is david just heard that and he was like underachiever yeah i know right <laughs> he's like try move them, downstairs yeah move him inside the walls <laughs> and then we'll talk um so there's that uh work has been kind of busy i got to go to vegas this week and that was fun and short um and exciting but really mostly it's just been 
I haven't been able to focus on any uh, creative pursuits, so I'm looking forward to uh, life leveling off a bit and uh, doing some fun stuff this year. That's, yeah. that's really it. Other than that, yeah. I read a I, book. Ed, oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I finished a book. That's a milestone for me. And I'm obsessed with the uh, British orchestral dance pop band, Clean Bandit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you mentioned the Clean Bandit to me. I'm I do. I do like their. I like their hit. Yeah, exactly. They, well, that's the thing. Like they, they have a record of like twelve songs, but really, it's just the five hits. Uh, so I'm, I'm obsessed with them. Uh, I'm obsessed with the new D'Angelo record, which is on. I've, I've heard a, a lot of buzz about D'Angelo, but I've not actually sat down and listened to that. I've been too obsessed with the new Bastille record. I can't stop listening to it. The the same Bastille? Is there a new new Bastille, or is it just the same one that's always had? They're like their new CD. Oh, they have a new new CD. Yeah, the one that came out December like fourteenth or something. Oh, okay. So it doesn't. It's not the one with Pompeii. No, no, no. That's two CDs ago. That's two CDs ago. (laughs) I'm so behind on my best deal, apparently. Clearly, Clearly, I I love the deal. I'm like super upset that because they were in indie and I didn't go. But I'm not making that same mistake with London Grammar. I'm seeing them on February second. I love London Grammar. Oh, they just played in L.A. That was a big deal when they played in L.A. And it's only the tickets were only fifteen dollars. I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna go (laughs) see London Grammar. And I made Jennifer. uh, I made Jennifer listen to Taylor Swift's uh, Blank Space. 1989 is an okay record. It really is. It's very okay. I I can't stomach more than one or two songs of hers, but I really like that one. Like, I can listen to that one all day. So I made Jennifer listen to it, and then after I convinced her to remarry me, uh, I think she didn't hate it that much. It was there I'm were some still, tense moments i'm though. still here that's all i'm gonna <laughs> I mean, say blank space blank space is a good song like i used to ha- like i i was like kind of bitter panda with ryan tedder because it's like the two worst songs in 1989 are those songs you wrote ryan tedder and then i like had a hardcore listening to welcome to new york and i know places and i was like you know i was wrong ryan tedder <laughs> you're interesting but, but but his best ryan tedder's best song that he's written like lately is ghost by l henderson that song is just like i can't that song is amazing i know nothing about that one yeah, uh, you, so. it's on it's on it's on top 40 radio in the u.s this is not like me digging deep Right no, 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 you know me. I don't listen to Top 40 radio, so... Yeah, that's true. I just I haven't said, heard it. I just thought, well, people people <laughs> in, out there will know, and Glee, Glee very well may cover it. Yeah, when Glee covers it, that's when I'll hear it. Like, I was really proud of myself that I knew all the songs in these two Oh, episodes. God, I did not. I was like... Really? Oh I don't know. Some of the songs. <laughs> like, like, even oh, I knew like, all the songs. Well, actually, I didn't I understand. What was the song? I, I should look it up. I didn't look it up, because I watched... I got off work at midnight, and then I... And I worked out, and then I watched Glee, <laughs> and then I fell asleep. So, um, what was the song that Rachel was doing as she was like collapsing in the like the first song of the episode? Oh, like, uninvited. So, yeah, un- I mean, so well, let's go ahead and let's just dive in because um, that's a great way to kick it off. So, let's go ahead and and the first we we are first introduced. So, uh, this is season six, episode one, entitled uh, "Loser Like Me," which is of course a callback to the very first original song that Glee ever did loser like me um that's true right ed yeah that's uh, the first original i believe so 
Yeah. I so that was their best original song. Too, yeah, it's still their best original song. Well, I I, I just want to I want to point out the I obviously you probably saw this too, but I was thinking like oh the first episode this had such good parallelism with the first episode. Oh, oh that's a yeah we need to totally kick it off like that. We need mm-hmm. to start with uh, our temperatures on the episode. So there were two episodes, uh, and I think we'll just talk about them as if they're one. They're um, pretty. They're pretty much one. Oh and, totally. Yeah. They're pretty much right. yeah, so we've time. got uh, so we've got loser like me and we've got homecoming and so Jennifer tell us uh, <laughs> what did you think of the episodes you know the first um, the first viewing of the first half of or the the first episode um, I was a little angry and I didn't know why and then we slept on it because we'd and, been drinking for well, like no, no. three hours before yeah well, Watermelon. we went to a, a, a movie drink along game whatever um the, but then I realized I was just I was upset about everything that happened last year once I let that go and just looked at it like okay we can't change what has happened but now they're gonna make an effort to bring back the magic of the first season and I loved it. <laughs> I really did. Once I once I just lowered not gonna say lowered expectations, but once I let go of, you know, disappointments um and angers about the, you know, the last couple of seasons, I could enjoy it again. And it doesn't matter how they got here, but they did get here, regardless of how ridiculous it may seem. But they're all back and they're all doing this together and I'm I'm really good with that. So I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Ed, what'd you think? Um I I thought oh, did I lose you? No, no I'm still lost. here. You're still here. Okay. Okay, your your video cut out. Oh so yeah. you know. That's okay. Um Yeah, that's fine. Um <laughs> what I did enjoy what I what I missed about the show was the social commentary aspect of it. It's like oh I've heard like for like a moment I was like, you know, it's gonna be sad next year and there's no glee because <laughs> like like Glee has always been willing to go there with lots of things and 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 it was just funny like they were like the the Kurt and then uh the new gay guys, which I don't I don't new football get person. Yeah, I don't name, know what his name is. Uh, but but their their commentary on standing on the soldiers of uh uh, modern family versus standing on the shoulders of glee essentially and like oh this is I, I, I was very like oh glee you're so you're so on it sometimes and then yeah I, I I enjoyed it I enjoyed the second episode significantly more than the first episode I was the first episode was a bit of a struggle but the second episode was, I, I was like oh this this is glee <laughs> um, but at the same time it it didn't like Rachel and Blaine and all these people failing like they've been they've been so su- ridiculously successful that if, if the universe can only give it so much they deserve some take it so <laughs> so I think I, I'm I, I would say overall B to B plus range which okay, is for probably the, for the two which for the for the two of them, cumulative for the, average for the, for the for the bundle <laughs> but I think it's I think it's more B minus for the first one and more A minus for the second. Interesting. In uh, yeah, you know, I I think I think I had a very similar reaction to both of you. It was really required you to forgive the for the last season. Yeah. Uh, I really had to like even even from the beginning of the episode where the beginning of the episode just pretended last season didn't even ha- or didn't didn't pretend it. It was like you think of the first episode of a 
new season, you kind of want that moment of breath at the beginning of an episode to kind of like, let's check in on everyone and let's like a nice little kind of musical montage where we see everyone's lives and we walk through the world and we kind of are graced back into this universe. And once again, Glee is like, we don't care what you're expecting. We're just going to go right in, in the middle of a conversation and just start talking. And we pick up right with Rachel and then we go right into, you know, the stuff with, uh, with Kurt and Blaine. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Rachel's dad's like, in that way, I was kind of going, oh, crap, here it is, this show that, again, it, it we're back to a show that kind of doesn't, doesn't respect itself, like, doesn't respect how seriously we take it, in a way, like, and... Denies its own existence. Exactly, like, is kind of embarrassed about itself. Mm-hmm. And so, in that way, I was annoyed. Then, you know, the episode started going, and really got going, and... um. Jennifer will tell you I have like my glee laugh which is anytime something happens that I'm embarrassed by how much <laughs> I'm enjoying it I have this kind of like embarrassed like <laughs> like really embarrassed goofy laugh uh, which I get whenever I'm watching glee or any kind of musical or uh, anything that uh, Zach Efron's in and so it, it just it's kind of pathetic, but I caught myself very early in this episode with my glee laugh, like with mm-hmm. like enjoying it in that embarrassed, like this is so speaking to my soul in an inappropriate way uh, uh, voice. So so as as frustrating as as it was, I think at the end of the day, it felt like glee again and mm-hmm. it felt like an old friend that I really missed and we've been through a lot and they still piss me off, but I was so happy to have them home. Yeah. Imperfect or not, I was happy to have them home. And I think you're right. Like, in a lot of ways, this episode really was actively working to recapture season one. In mm-hmm. a very, like, the easiest way to describe it is last season, they were really, like you always said, Ed, so well, um, they were really chasing fun last season. Like, they really wanted to find another big hit. Another, like, hey, this song isn't even out yet, and we're going to make a huge success out of it. This episode, like, or the these two episodes, we have, you know... Ed Sheeran is a, a modern song, but it's right after, like, you know, the episode opened with a an obs- relatively obscure Alanis Morissette track, uh, which wasn't un, even uh, from uninvited. an Alanis. Is it a title track of something? Which one? Uninvited. No, it's actually from a from the soundtrack it's to a, a Nick Cage Meg Ryan movie. Yeah, um, wow. City of Angels. Never, yeah, from City of Angels. That one out. But I mean, but I had that soundtrack, so I knew it right away. Oh, yeah. That that song was huge in like 97. Like when I was a freshman in college, it was a massive hit. But I mean, now no one's really talking about Uninvited by Alanis Morissette. It's not even an album track. And then you've also got like, you know, Suddenly Seymour from a Broadway musical from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. So mm-hmm. right off the bat, we kick into like three songs that are old school classic. I was, I was so cuts. thankful when they started doing Sing. I was like, thank God, a song I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, what oh, we always good. loved about Glee. Like that's season one of Glee. Yeah. Because they weren't, they weren't, they didn't shy away from songs that weren't as easily recognizable. It's like, well, they kind of like. The first episode wasn't in the first episode. It's like. Rocking the boat. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I kiss the girl. But they're introducing exactly. a lot of introducing a lot of older stuff and not not just shoehorning in 
you know, the hits. Like, these songs made sense in their oh, place. Yeah, they felt contextual. Uninvited was, like, very in context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, in that way, I really felt like it was a return to form without, like, trumping it too high. Because yeah. it definitely was not without flaws. Um, it did feel like a show that is really trying to recapture what we enjoyed about it like really like going back to the drawing board and saying why did people love us Mm -hmm. and what um how can we get some of that love back well they they still honor the past i'm i'm still i'm still a little concerned that because i'm somewhat invested in 3.0s right now and i'm like well i don't i don't even have time like but you know, it, ain't nobody got time to invest in 3.0s. <laughs> like, there's only 13 episodes, and two of them already happened. Like, yeah, right? But I think that the other thing, too, is, though, like, we're back to having real underdogs that we can rally behind again. It's not... I mean, I sorry, the 2.0s just never felt the connection that you did, never never felt, yeah. like, any any sort of like need to defend or support them because I didn't understand what their, you know, true struggles were. But, you know, I mean, now I feel like, I mean, Glee Club I, has I always been at, I, at its best when they have a, a, a unified goal and they actually work together. And that's, you know, I like that. I, I see your point because these, these characters, these four characters that we had have had, like, not one, not have had, but they're more, they're almost more real characters in this mm-hmm. one episode than... Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, than yeah. all of last season. Well, and what I will give them, uh, since we're diving into the 3.0s, is that they're all underdogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roderick being a very specifically visual underdog, but then um, the girl whose name I don't remember. Jane. Jane. Uh, she definitely being, you know, African-American and from an all-boys school and making a big change, like mm-hmm. definitely placing her in a very specific underdog status. And then with the Wonder Twins, uh, the Flowers in the Attic Twins, like they've got kind of a weird appearance and obviously didn't quite fit in with the Cheerios. So the show definitely is reaching back to trying to recapture that underdog status. Yeah, and reach out to a broader audience who can identify with the characters. I mean, honestly, there's no one on TV that looks like Roderick. No. And that's that alone to me was so significant. I mean, because, yeah, there's no one on TV that looks like uh, Melissa Benoist, but that's for an entirely different reason. (laughs) So... but I, I will say, I'm a little, I'm a little angry, not to say that I don't like the song's voice, but I was like, really, Tightrope? Like, yeah. I, I'm just, <laughs> I, I mean, I love Tightrope, and, mm-hmm. and I think it would have been fantastic for her, but for her, like, debut song, the song that we'll be talking about for podcasts to come, it's just like, <laughs> um, I, I just want, I don't know, I, I wanted Jane to not, I don't want her to be pigeonholed. I feel like the producers of American Idol frequently do this sort of stuff to african-american females where they put them in these songs i feel like mercedes jones felt this too i just mm-hmm. i i just don't i just don't want that to be i don't i want more for jane yeah no yeah. totally i mean the fact that you have an african-american <clears throat> singer and the first thing you do is go who's the biggest african-american singer and we'll just give mm-hmm. them her song it does feel a little like, like it's I'm definitely like, a don't song. do that like don't mercedes jones jane yeah she does, well, she's, she's better than this right and the other like i mean i did feel like her voice was kind of hidden in the song but i understand or at least 
to me, it felt like they were doing this intentionally because they needed a song that would, you know, motivate the other warblers to get up there and participate. And if she just did, you know, like a, a ballad and just, you know, stood True. solo, they wouldn't have been able to have that connection. They wouldn't have been able to dance together. They wouldn't yeah, have had but, that. But there's, there's other, there's, uh, she could have done, if they really wanted to do Janelle Monet, I would have preferred Queen by her and Erica Badu or something like that. Well, that's a duet. Uh, yeah. but, well then there you go then then you need a blazing another part <laughs> that actually would have been <laughs> that really would have been funny. great actually well and then i mean that's tyro's not even my favorite song off that record but um yeah. it but i mean like if you want a single if you want up tempo yeah. single from jones yeah. janelle monet right don't, you need everybody to get together and dance tight rope, yeah even though yeah. i love tightrope yeah <laughs> well let's um, let's talk about Rose. it Let's get into it a little bit. We'll go ahead and take a listen to Uninvited and we'll talk a little bit about uh, how we have found Rachel Berry and what that means. Um, Here is Uninvited. uh, And this is originally by Alanis Morissette here performed by Leah Michelle on the Galifo podcast. I am flattered by your fascination with me. So that was uninvited, uh, and we find Rachel in this episode. Oh, I don't know if it. Do we want to talk about this song? It's from Alanis Morissette's India period, right before supposed former infatuation junkie, when everybody was like, "Really? Why did we like her?" Um, oh, anyone? Okay, no, no, we're good. <laughs> I'm gonna let you just roll with that. <laughs> You're just gonna let me dig my own grave on my <laughs> Alanis Morissette dislike. <laughs> she had one good record, and then like eight good episodes of Weeds. I never got. Oh, weeds! I love, I was, I'm in the middle of watching weeds again. So oh. Weeds. Um. So yes, we uh, uh. So we find Rachel where that's so Rachel has been canceled. It was a live sitcom apparently with no singing, and uh, her career has bottomed out. Now the biggest takeaway I took away I got from this was this was not five years in the future. 
No, probably close to a year. I thought it was year. supposed to be. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> we all thought it was all the press had said it was going to be five years in the future, but it wasn't. I think it was closer to a year. It was closer to a year because, like, you figure probably was at least six months before, you know, the pilot aired. Mm-hmm. And then she went into hiding for six months. Well, and then Kurt said you, we were all supposed to meet back here in six months. And he was the only one. And yeah. He was the only one. So that was six months. So I'm giving it about a year. Yeah. Which is I struggle a lot with that because now. The the characters are what? Now we're talking like 20. Like they're still not old enough to drink. Um, and it was very strange. They kind of like, they, they were talking like they had so much world weary wisdom over and they were so far away from high school. And the, the, they, it really has, like for Rachel, it's been two years since she left McKinley. And uh, and obviously, it's only been long, or it hasn't been long enough for Kitty to graduate. <laughs> Kitty's well, still in high school. I was, I was, I was maybe three said, years. The timeline is like two point should still be around. Yeah, <laughs> like Melissa like, Benoist like, is still there. She's still <laughs> no, no. All the Glee kids got banned to other schools. Oh, that's uh, thank right. God, thank God we got to keep Kitty though. It's, yeah, it's, it's our saving cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh, uh, Sue banished all the new new directions apparently which is just which, a convenient way to say don't think that Jake is in school anywhere oh, which Even is fine although I'd like to see Unique come back <laughs> yeah there you go Be Unique, Unique's busy I saw him in a chapter call video recently I was like good for you oh, which one <laughs> uh, bitch perfect nice. I, which is like which I, uh, which I tell people well, I told Emily when I saw her, I was like, like you have to watch this video. This is found footage in LA. And she's like, <laughs> she like rolled her eyes at me. I was like, but it's so, much, it's so much funnier to think that it's just found footage. So you just like start filming in LA and they're just like homosexuals singing everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are neighborhoods, but <laughs> there are days. Um, there so... are days. That's honestly like, like it's, it's funnier to think of it as a found footage film. Every time, every time we fly on Virgin, Tanja yeah. calls uh, safety video plays. And almost every time I start to cry because I'm like, he's so good. I know. Like, look at all those people doing what they love. <laughs> um, so someday, lame. baby, someday. So anyway, uh, yeah. So, We're you know, there. the timeline was a little confusing to me. But uh, Rachel but, does but Glee, Glee just says what it wants. And I know. Let's call and, it a year. And they're all like later we're going to see Kurt and Blaine. And uh, Karofsky at a gay bar, which apparently is an all-ages gay bar because the show never acknowledges that no one's 21. You know, yeah. They're 21 enough. Let's call, it, <laughs> let's call it a year and let's call them 21 so we can, like, just move past that stuff. Well, it's Ohio I, I, 21. I, but, I mean, may, maybe it's commentary on that people 18 should be allowed to drink. Maybe. Yeah. They're making a <laughs> statement. Uh yeah. But so Rachel comes home and, and essentially all of her dreams have been ruined and she's taking it pretty hard. Her dads are splitting up, which was a little unexpected and quite honestly, a little harsh. On par for 2014, though, let's be oh, real. Yeah, 2014 was a bad year for marriage, uh, but we're still awesome. Uh, but so <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're high good. five. Uh, but it was, um, it was interesting. I don't know, like seeing Rachel really reduced to the bottom for me was a, a kind of I want to say I want I wanted to feel that it was more impactful than it was. She kind of struck me as mopey more than anything. Like she hadn't risen she hadn't learned anything. Yeah, like she hadn't really learned anything and she didn't strike me as somebody who had risen so high and lo- fell so far that her life would be over like she's still 20. 
<laughs> was kind of what I kept thinking. Um, so it didn't ring true, I think, as the show wanted it to ring uh, for me. But well, that's just she, me. She, you guys? she was a, like a headlining Broadway star, and mm-hmm. now she is nothing. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but she, like, season one, Rachel achieved her dream and then gave it away, and then it blew up in her face. Yeah, and it, she actually did acknowledge, though, that this was all her own doing. Like, it was... It was one line, and I don't know who it was to, but she did say it. But, yeah, I'm like, I didn't quite see the, um, you know, the the, the impact of the lesson yeah. on her. It's still, she just kind of has this, like, you know, like, woe is me, delusional, like, why is this happening type of thing. But it's it definitely rang more sincere, and her intentions to, to make the Glee Club a thing again was more altruistic than you know we've seen in years from her so that's very true i mean i kept thinking that a five-year break actually would have been preferable because on the one hand it would have meant five years where you know she reached the top and then really fell like had years of struggle Mm -hmm. like five years where kurt and blaine really had been fighting and then finally just gave up Mm -hmm. five years where sam had been chasing mercedes around the country and then ended up back at Lima, like to really see them all, to see the fallout of kids who peak too early to me mm-hmm. is a much more interesting um, proposition than kind of what we got here. Uh, no acknowledgement as, as to why Sam is back in Ohio. Uh, but I, we are kind of, I admittedly, I'm kind of nitpicking. That's why, point. yeah. So that's why I just had to let go of, you know, whatever brought them there, you know, doesn't matter. They're there, they're doing this together. And you know what? It's so much fun to see them perform together. Mm-hmm. Like that Take On Me video, I was like, this is so fun. <laughs> so. Yeah, the Take On Me video was pretty was pretty classic. Now, we did get um, what I mentioned. Kurt and Blaine apparently did split up while they were in New York. Mm-hmm. Blaine moved back to Ohio and is now the coach of the Warblers. And Kurt has now relocated to Ohio with his work-study program, uh, doing a year of work-study for Niata, where he is going to coach the New Directions as his work-study. Co- Oh, this, Co- there you go. Co-coach. <laughs> and um, uh, an attempt to get Blaine back, who is now with Karofsky. Ed, uh, what do you what did you think of uh, Kurt and Blaine splitting up as someone okay. who's never totally what, OTP on them, I, and what, now what, Karofsky what, was, in the mix? What, I was very... It was very crazy. When, <laughs> when, when it was happening, I was like, did... Like, they are not giving cleaners anything right no. now. And then at the end, they have to have a redeeming factor. But I think... I think what... It, I don't know. I think... It's obvious that Klain is going to happen again, and and this is kind of what I this is this is the fight that I was begging for. Like they they realized they were different people, and then now they could work their differences and become <laughs> uh like they were like I don't know as Kurt said they were young, but but that that scene in the restaurant was like oh my god, <laughs> I, just, I was very intense. It felt they were not being very nice to cleaners. <laughs> well, no, I think I think that's what I liked about it though. Like that, the, the it took a no, lot of balls just, to do it was that. Just intense. Yeah, yeah, it took a lot of balls to do that, knowing what the Tumblr fallout would be. Now, mind you, the Tumblr fallout fallout today is not nearly as significant as it would have been three years ago. But mm-hmm. I mean, to really take yeah, that head on, real. and quite frankly, the show is going to force 
Kurt to fight for this relationship, which Kurt has never really done. Kurt's always kind of been, I don't want to say apathetic, but he's kind of just let this relationship happen by sheer will of being Kurt, you know, and the Mm -hmm. fact that he's an interesting dude and that Blaine was really in love with him. Um, Kurt's going to have to fight for this and that's something we haven't seen yet and that I'm excited about Mm -hmm. because there's no universe in which the last episode happens and Clayne is not a thing like that 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 will never happen so at least make him make him earn it I like that a lot Uh, and what do you think about Karofsky being back Jennifer um you know again it's just nice to see old faces and I you know towards the end of his story arc however many years ago it was it was nice to see growth and uh maturity in him um, he's landed max adler's he, landed on a little he's thick. a little too <laughs> smiley i mean i don't know maybe maybe that maybe that's the you know the the kinder cuddlier you know grofsky <laughs> but he does seem like he's yeah a little over the top with it but i don't i mean I'm kind of it it doesn't bother me but it doesn't you know it doesn't impress me either. Like I don't I don't oh, feel okay. like it's any great stretch to have him there but I don't feel like it's also so contrived like hey the only other homosexual male in this age range left in Ohio is <laughs> of course going to be the one that Blaine ends up with. I mean yeah in a way like again Ed made such a good comment earlier where he said there's only 13 episodes in this season mm-hmm. and we're already down two of them. Yeah. That's a really good point. They don't have a lot of time to really yeah. develop things. Right. And so I guess I'd rather have Karofsky in the mix than somebody we've never Than somebody new that we have to learn and so forth. So it's like, yes, we know his history. And it's totally believable that they meet up in a bar and then that they start, you know, talking and, you know, talking about people that they know and have in common. And, you know, a friendship or a relationship grows from that out of, you know, either just, you know, the necessity for companionship or actual attraction. Regardless, it, it, it's more plausible and easier to digest and just kind of move on knowing their history than having to, like, learn a new person. So Totally. And, and, and that's why it doesn't bother me, but it doesn't also excite me. It also, yeah, it definitely feels like it's, there's no way it's going to work, you know? It's like it isn't a viable threat. No. Because there's no universe in which this show ends with Kurt. Or with well, Blaine and Karofsky walking because out into the sunset. Kurt even said, you know, Blaine never went for bears. <laughs> I was like... Which, I, he's not even anymore. Like, I kept thinking, looking at Karofsky, that at the beginning of this series, he was our old neighborhood, and now he's our new neighborhood. Like, he's so clean and hipstery in that yes, sweater. Yes, I know. I was, I'm just looking and going like, man, that's an awesome sweater. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I have to ask you, Ed uh, and Jennifer, um, looking okay. at so Blaine had a moment where it was where he was Darren Chris, where he didn't wear the bow tie or the gel in his hair. Uh-huh. And there was a moment where I was like, oh, I totally forgot that Darren Chris was a handsome dude because without the gel and the bow tie, I thought, oh, yeah, that's what he looks like normally. Like, like he's kind of a he's kind of a dorky rocker guy normally. Mm-hmm. So uh, on the spectrum, where do we where do we sit? Like, do we uh. do we like Blaine or do we like Darren? What's what who wins? 
They're so different. I like them both for different reasons. And he's uh, he's the only one on this show who has a true transformation between human being and character. Yes. (laughs) Ed? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm I'm siding with Jennifer. I just like, I, I thought I found Darren attractive, but I find Blaine attractive. Um, and when we I, saw him at the Pantages, he was more—he he was more Blaine than Darren. He was actually—I mean, I guess that wasn't. We saw him that a, was a like musical, old school Darren, because Darren now is a little more Blainey. Like he's definitely cleaner when you see mm-hmm. him now. You know, yeah. when I saw him uh, perform, he was definitely more Blaine than like old school YouTube Darren Chris okay, doing like with the Disney wild hair. covers. Yeah, with the wild hair. Oh, the Potter. Uh, the Potter, yeah, Potter Darren. But anyway, it made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think he's adorable, and e- either way, oh, I just that <laughs> hair is so great. It's pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, we've got uh, that's pretty much the bulk of it. I mean, as far as like returning characters, uh, we did get a moment of uh, old Principal Figgins, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> which is uh, definitely worth it. Definitely. That was yes. like if we never see Iqbal Thiba again, that was a perfect. Yeah. Thiba moment. Uh, we you have just s- like to say his name. I do. Uh, we have a uh, uh, Cordova Street Sam back. Uh, Sam's new hair is very dark. I don't know why he dyed it, but it's very dark. Is it dark or is it just gelled? It's very dark. I thought that was gelled. I thought it was dark from the gel. Mm. No, I think he dyed it. I thought it was product. Uh, and then we had uh, Sue has taken over the school. Worth mentioning. I'm sorry, Principal Sue. Principal Sue. Yes, Principal, Principal Sue has Sylvester. taken over the school. Principal Sue has taken over the school. And of course, Mr. Shue is now the coach of Vocal Adrenaline. Mr. Shue, who has a adorable child. Oh my god. That kid is adorable. And when wasn't the kid named was the kid named Finn? It's Daniel Finn. Daniel Finn. Yeah. Uh the, did, did I miss is there a reason Emma isn't there? I, oh like, yeah, because apparently Mr. Shue killed his wife. That was what I was gonna <laughs> like, say next. Like, what is like, that? I, I no. wanted to ask you guys. Like, no, remember I... she got she got some job to like go visit schools or something. She she she, she got I want to say she got a position where she had to travel, and he's like, <laughs> okay. "Yeah, go do it." Well, I mean, like gonna, she's gonna be guidance counselor. Well, I've got so oh, excited. Wow. Like, I'm sure Emma would like to have seen you, but she's at. Right, right. Yeah. She sends her best. <laughs> she says hello. But well, then I got so excited when I saw the fifth dinner plate when they're all sitting down at the end of the second episode. I know. Me and I was like, oh, she's going to come. Oh. How weird was that? Like, like, like Mr. Shoe's like, hey, guys, I cooked dinner for all of my friends. Hey, Mr. Shoe, where's your wife? Shh. <laughs> That's not her heart you hear thumping under the floorboards. Like, what? Mr. Shoe, why can't I get into the guest bathroom? Nothing going yeah. on in there. to see there, kids. Don't go in the basement. That's all I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> this meat is so tender. Sorry, I've been watching Hannibal. Um, so it wow. that was really, that I thought was That's funny. That's dark. But Mr. Shoe, as the coach of vocal adrenaline, is, a, is an interesting twist. I do love what they're setting up this idea of... Rachel and Kurt versus Blaine versus Mr. Shoe. Mm-hmm. Like that I really like that twist. But it's like the thing is, I just it was so evident that Mr. Shoe's presence was totally unnecessary. Exactly. And I felt so like I just felt so bad for him. Like they don't need him. They just need 
a person so that they can do their thing and that they need a person to sign the papers so that they can get into the competitions and, you know, get the buses or whatever. Like, he, they just need an administrator and that's all he's become. And that's that's what I was going to ask you guys because my takeaway from that I really would have loved to see a new transformed Mr. Shoe like mm-hmm. Mr. Shoe that is all business this is not about fun this is not about family this is about trophies now and yeah. that's how I'm delivering and yet instead we got a Mr. Shoe who is running vocal adrenaline but obviously not very happy there he has that moment where he says like if you guys want to talk later uh let me know and they all kind of wander off without him so in a way he's at vocal adrenaline but he he doesn't belong there yeah and we can kind of see what's happening whereas like darren is like i belong with the warblers i'm going to take the warblers and i'm gonna kill you guys (laughs) and like it's time for war uh, and so, you know, Ed, what did you think about Mr. Shu as the coach of Vocal Adrenaline and how that's going to play in for the rest of the season? I am I think that means it's going to end with uh, with regionals or sectionals or whatever the smallest version of that is. Sectionals, that's, yeah. That is, the, that is the season finale. It'll be like the winner is and that's, and that's where it ends. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, he's obviously not, like, a necessary function of vocal adrenaline. I think it would have been more interesting had he – I didn't even think about that and being him being, like, like like goal-driven and becoming, like, the Sue, the Sue cheerleader version of himself for Glee Club. Yeah, or, but like, Shelby, it, if he became, like, the new Shelby would be interesting. Right, yeah. That's what I was but expecting. But instead, she's just, like, useless. But Matthew Morrison's phone has been phoning it in for quite some time, so it's probably whatever. That's a good point. I mean, his new hair is also kind of goofy, and uh, yeah, he's just kind of there to buy time before he goes and does Finding Neverland on Broadway. No, like, was he was like was he locked into this contract? Like, do they have to keep him? Like, I think they. I think that wasn't his contract. That as long as the show's on, he's on. Oh God, but, Matthew yeah. Morrison, I feel your pain. <laughs> but I mean, he, he just he just wants to escape. Let him like. Let him escape. Let, let him go. Let I him don't go. know. Like I'm, it's. I wanna. I wanna see him back again with the whole gang. Like I want that. But it'll. But it'll never be that way. He's. He's. He's a vocal adrenaline now. I know. Well, he's not. He's coming back. <laughs> He'll be back by the end. No way. It would. It would have been better if Unique was on vocal adrenaline again. Oh, that would have been amazing. Well, I mean, that, that would like, make sense. That would make sense. That's what, I mean, he got kicked yeah. out. He would go. Well, I don't yeah, know if he would exactly. logically go back to his school, but I mean. Well, how many maybe. other Glee clubs are left? Arl <laughs> <laughs> intensity. Uh, in the in the area, like in the immediate area that they could legitimately, sectionals. that they could, you know, realistically. Well, forget. Because right. sectionals, you know, you know, you know it would be epic. It would sincerely be epic if if they could pull off the. Uh, one of the competitions at regionals is is made up of 2.0, like as one as one of the competitors. And that, that they just get like amazing. one song, and that's it. Oh that would my be amazing. god! I love and that they idea. can bring back uh, Lindsay and Rory and all those other people from <laughs> ev- yeah, every they, Glee like, project. They could just have every person who's ever been like personally uh, hurt by the Glee Club to just be <laughs> on stage together, and it could they could be. It'd be epic. I actually Ideally, love that idea. I actually love the idea that like the last episode is the New Directions versus like a vocal supergroup of everyone <laughs> that was ever completed competed against the New Directions. 
Uh, well, let's take a listen to a song, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about the 3.0s, which um, the show did not call them, but Ed called them, and now I really like that. So um, let's go ahead and talk about the 3.0s. Uh, here's a bit of... Let's 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 go with this one, because somebody requested it. Here's a bit of Problem, uh, as performed by the uh, Unholy Queen, Trinity. Queen's uh, lipstick was one shade too pink. It bothered right. me. Who's? It did not... Quinn's Quinn's lipstick. Oh. I was like, it's it's just a little too pink. Less, <laughs> less pink. Hmm. Either that or her hair was off. Like I was just like, it's very very I blonde. I don't. Was, I don't. Yeah, like, I was not a fan of the new the new uh, Diana Akron, and I always thought she was fabulous. So I'm kind of disappointed. Well, here's problem, uh, as performed by the Unhealed Trinity here on the Gleeful Podcast. Actually, we should, before we talk about the 3.0s, we should talk about the return of the original crew. So the original crew came back in episode two, uh, Homecoming, in order to recruit new members to the Glee Club. We didn't really learn anything well, I, about... I love how they were so available at a drop of the hat. Exactly. Well, we didn't it was really Homecoming. Learn. Yeah, but uh, as you said, uh, oh, yeah. apparently Puck has the most liberal military schedule ever, Yeah, uh, where he just gets to duck back every two weeks. Um, and yeah, we didn't really learn anything about them or where they've been or what they're doing, except that they were back and that they still disrespect Tina. So that's fun. I'm okay with all that. <laughs> There's not much to say about them, quite honestly, uh, you know, except they were nice. Before today. I watched this episode, I was like, oh, I bet we won't get any Tina this season because they like, they already tried. That was like season four and season five was like, was, yeah. or season four and season 5.1 <laughs> was the year of the Tina. So there's really no need to like. They went down that bridge and it didn't go well. But, but I think... we won't see any Tina this year. And then I was like, oh, there you are. Even when they were all together and Tina wasn't there, I was like, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was out her. parking the rental car because they all drove together from wherever. Hilarious. Uh, yeah, I had exactly the same comment you did. Uh, I think um, Diana Agron's hair was much too cropped and blonde. Uh, Heather Morris's bangs um, need to way go back to 1992. Hardcore um, bangage. I loved like Tina's hair. hair. I thought she was lovely. Uh, Jenna Ushkowitz looked absolutely lovely. Uh, yeah, and he, where the heck is Mike was, Chang? Apparently, no one well, invited Mike, Mike, Mike Chang. Chang Julia, he's he's actually being successful. He don't got time. For this. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what Jennifer that's said. The, that's the key to that one. <laughs> that's a, that was exactly what Jennifer said. Um, yeah, you know, so there's not much to say about them except that they were back, and apparently they're back next episode too. So we're really not going to get they, much. Oh, they time should they should have had that guy even from season one Glee that they cut out, Mark. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Oh, you they know what? Should've, they should have. He should have. Um, 
You should have like you should like failed a few grades and been a senior <laughs> at uh, at McKinley, <laughs> like like very like very randomly being like like I've been just I came back praying Glee Club would start again. And here I am. <laughs> well, you you had, you brought up one of my favorite comments from this episode uh, after the Warblers performed, and Rachel says, "I have three comments. One, you guys are amazing. Two, Blaine, you are way too old to be performing in this Glee Club." And I'm like, "No! In the first season, we had a guy who was 22 performing for Vocal Adrenaline. So apparently, Blaine is not too old. Plus, he's only like 20." is not that wildly old but yes i had the exact same comment that would be hilarious to have mark come back and be be back in the mix well, they need to make it more full circle it's not full circle enough you know what you know what we didn't get though we never what got the um and that's what you missed on glee like we never yes, got that voiceover they, they, summary they don't want you to remember they're like <laughs> here, 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 here like it's not it's not what you missed on glee this yeah. is where we are right now Right. Deal with it. No, yeah. no. And I, I I do, I get that, but it's kind of funny. It's like watching a movie that never has like an actual opening credit sequence. It is. And funny, it just yeah. it's just like just all a, of a sudden it just title. keeps goes it just keeps going and you're at the end and you're like, Oh wait, that started and finished. Okay. <laughs> Why did I put this up? Okay, I like I, I saw the It's I Matt, not Mark. It's, yeah, Alexis night. pointed out it's yes. Matt, not Mark. Go ahead, Ed. I just looked at the range for last night and it was two point seven, which is Okay, I'm not very good at all. But like they, they're not doing it any favors by making it a mid-season Friday replacement. Good God! Like, oh no, it's could you set it. Could you set totally it up for more failure? Like yeah. actually, like I don't even know how you could. No, the show, the show's only on to serve Tumblr at this point. Like there's or, or well, it's for, it's for the Netflix. It's like it's like yeah. it's like a Netflix premiere. But it's it's happening on television. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a two-hour episode with. Um, it's a two-hour episode on a Friday. Like, no one's watching Glee live anymore, uh, which is, you know, it is what it is. I will say, to their credit, their uh, Twitter account has been more active than it has ever been in the past. So they do, they're putting some effort into it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they barely even but, promoted but, but, but this Twitter, episode. But Twitter is, like, paying an intern, like, $20 an hour to, like, talk right like, like that it, but it's more than they've ever done in the past and they have done some cool stuff they did i found it this morning i, I think i put it in the uh, chat uh they did a layout of every relationship like it's like a graph to chart every relationship that's ever occurred on it's Glee. an infographic it's Josh. insane <laughs> oh my god well that's, that's like spirograph sure. on steroids it's pretty funny uh, why, why didn't we get a Britannia? like they went so far but we couldn't get a Britannia kiss well, we'll get After that all. next episode, I'm sure. I mean, from the I mean, but I mean, there's no reason it couldn't have happened. True. Like, like, who are they afraid of offending at this point? <laughs> they didn't have time. In fact, <laughs> in, in fact, I was um, I I was with I was with my boyfriend, and we were at we were at this cafe in in Broad Ripple, which is like the hipster trendy part of indie. And there, we had a, uh, the the server was gay, and I was like, wow, this is likely. Very gay right now. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Very like, wow, this is very homosexual. And then, yeah. That, uh, right. I remember I had an old boss who uh, he heard that we did this podcast, and he's like, "I'm gonna watch an episode of that show." He'd never seen an episode, so he watches the Saturday Night Fever episode. And uh, <laughs> it just happened to be the one that was on that week. So he watches the Saturday Night Fever episode, and I came back, and he goes, "Yeah, I watched Glee." 
So was everyone gay on that show? <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> like, yet. during Not that yet. period, everyone was gay on the show. Like, it was a period where everything was about Britannia and Clane, and then, like, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, I think, uh, Finchel was going at that period. Like, there was, it was pretty much a, a, a show about that. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the 3.0s. We have four of them that we really only got to know, two of them, Jane and Roderick. Uh, and then the Wonder Twins, who I will continue to call them that. Um, and then, and I don't even know their names. I'll have to look them up. But I'll put it out to you guys. Jennifer, uh, Jane and Roderick, what do you think about the 3.0s as we know them thus far? Already they're more interesting than anything we had from the 2.0s. <laughs> I agree with that. And I think, you know, I think their their talents are also, you know, diverse and unique and more interesting. Like everything about them is just more relatable and more I mean, not that I'm either of those people but I feel like I've known people who uh you know have struggled with similar issues in acceptance in different areas so I just really liked them and Ed 3.0s 3.0s um I feel like their short game is very good I like I feel I feel like I know a lot about them considering I just met them essentially in one episode like like they gave they gave me some good character development straight straight at the top for for actually all three of them really mm-hmm. and um I I I don't know if their long game is gonna be good but they're they're short like today today was it was good they've only got ten episodes so yeah <laughs> they only, they, <laughs> not they a not, lot they, they can have, they do. literally only have eleven more episodes yeah yeah but uh, but yeah. it's, what's ironic now it's like it's like the um, so American House declining ratings it's very possible this might be the last season if it goes if it's like 13 ratings for the second time in a row season 13 and so so it's like the shift from where American Idol I say it's about the contestants and the voice where it's about the judges where it's the mentors like it's like that shift happening on Glee as well it's like like forget forget the people performing it's the people coaching the people who perform that's who you really <laughs> care about Ah. (laughs) yeah i mean it's i will say um you know glee has glee does have that magical ability to 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 make me cry and then make me feel bad that i cried um roderick just got me like roderick was the first character since finn that i really felt like oh I know exactly how he feels right now. Um, you know, Roderick's moment where he's like got the headphones in and he's like, you know, uh, I don't need any of you people because I have Tupac and Sinatra. Like that totally, like that was my junior high, high school experience in such a very simple, specific way. So yeah, no, I absolutely, um, I, I'm very excited to see what happens to him. I'm uh, not particularly thrilled with, the way they showed his performance so like he's he was you know nervous 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 uh can i leave my headphones on yeah yeah go ahead and leave your headphones on for your performance and then the second he starts singing it's like magic like it would have been nice to see him kind of discover himself over the course of that song a little bit more um because it's obvious that mustang sally song choice that was a very when I was at Epcot and they were singing it, but yeah. Well, I mean, again, I just saw that as a, a, an excuse to get the unholy trinity up behind him. Oh, absolutely. Well, there's, there's, it, I mean, there's uh, there's other songs, right? Oh no, totally. Especially with his voice. I mean, in the the style of music that he can do, which is I, probably I'm sure, I anything. They, I'm sure they wanted classic rock. I know that's kind of they're like, like he, yeah. like he is the like the 
underdog, thin surrogate type person. I yeah. I guess. And they did. They um. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that was the right song choice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I didn't think it was the right song choice for that moment. It would have been interesting to hear him do something that was a little interesting, a little more interesting. Uh, to me, it was them paint because he kind of looks like the lead singer of the commitments Mm -hmm. and so to me it was just like oh we're gonna recall the commitments Mm -hmm. in a weird way yeah uh which is of course uh, a reference that i think i and four other people got but that's what i thought Mm -hmm. they were going for yeah um but yeah so uh and then as far as jane i found jane pretty interesting uh i'm i'm excited to have jane like on on, like i love everything about jane Mm -hmm. i just think tightrope was the yeah. was a little was the too mm-hmm. obvious of a song choice that's yeah that's my okay. only issue with, with with both of these people uh but what, i think the other one to talk about is gay kid uh whose name i don't remember but well, i don't um, know that they gave they, they... No, i'm sure they named him i just i i okay. only watched yeah. well no I'm, I'm just picturing <laughs> sue's notepad someone in the chat room will remind me of uh of gay kid's name spencer let's call Thank let's you. call him oh Ryan for right now. Oh uh, no! Alexis in the chat room said his name is Spencer, the oh, post-gay Spencer. football player. Oh, Spencer! I oh. like that. <laughs> post-gay. Yeah. Uh, that gives me some Survivor Kagayan feels. Like Spencer to me felt a little. I don't know. Like the idea of the, as Alexis put it, post-gay football player is kind of a funny idea. Um, I'm not sure how much I'm in love with that character yet. Uh, There's a little too much going on for him to be the new Quinn or the new uh, Jake, depending on where they try to take him. Well, yeah, Uh, because he's more interesting than like, I don't know. He's more more interesting than Jake. He's not to say, okay, not being mean. Um, He, he could potentially, he's a very different person than those people. I guess that's where I was going with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really... And, and there's certain complications to him. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see which direction they take him uh, to see what they do with him. Jennifer, thoughts on Spencer? I, I, almost, oh, I almost wish he was, I wish he, he's obviously joining the Glee Club, but I wish yes. he wouldn't. <laughs> like not, because I feel like true to his character, he mm-hmm. would well, yeah, no. and, and the thing is though we don't have time for that because true to his character he wouldn't this season but next season he would yeah and well, well then that, that's fine okay like, season seven here we come just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like uh it'll be like scrubs where they tack on one last weird <laughs> uh, you know one last unnecessary season the 3.2s yeah well um that's pretty much all that we really need to talk about at this point is there any anything else you guys have well we didn't talk about the return of True Sue. True Sue. Uh, um, yeah. See, Sue, Sue's character has been battered around so much, like, uh-huh. you can't... It's just, like, it just she's just a placeholder for the enemy. No, well, yeah, I mean, exactly. a- again, I feel like, although misguided at times, she really does care about education and really does care about the students and their well-being, regardless, you, you know, I was just, think, despite I the fact I that her... that rock tail diet. I'm like, you know what? Sue, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. So. I mean, that is, it's an interesting kind of subtopic that this show has always had. Uh, hashtag subtweet. Um, that the show has always had has been the debate of education uh, being skills versus arts um, or, you know, technical skills versus uh, humanities. Um, 
that you know from the very first season like that entire episode with brian ryan was all that debate of sue feeling that humanities and arts are not necessary for education and other people saying that they are um the fact that the show might actually jump in you know there it doesn't look like they're going to but do they want to jump into that debate with both feet is a really current and fascinating debate to go into um i i would love to see them really attack that head on i think it's going to continue to be a subtweet but you know hey th- that's something it, it, it at least it's it's got a little intent because at the end of the day sue always has the our test scores are up. Our school is more successful than ever. Yeah. Uh, and and all I did more was healthy. get rid of you guys. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, the other argument being, yeah, but, you know, does it really matter if they don't know uh, who the Beatles are? And she would say no. And, and you know. Well, Jones most of them, most them don't know who the Beatles are anyways. Yeah. They all thought that Paul McCartney was someone that Kanye there, West there, discovered. There was, there was so. like. <laughs> oh, God. There was, somebody, there was somebody at my work yesterday. Uh, my, one of my, my boss was singing September, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I was like. Of course, obviously, I started singing along, and she's and then Ellie's like, "Is that a new song?" I'm like, "Are you joking me right now?" Like, <laughs> actually, like I realize the reason I know that is because of Disco Week on American Idol. I realize that's why I know it, but <laughs> but but come on, people, you should know this stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, it's bad parenting. Uh, no, joking, uh, but uh, no, I mean, it's it's every generation discovers the classics their own way, you know, and it's one of the reasons I loved Rock Band was I remember playing Rock Band with my cousin, and he's like, I've never heard this song, what is it? And I'm like, this is Detroit Rock City by Kiss. You should know this song. This song is amazing. Uh, everyone discovers things their own way, and, and you know, True. one of the great things about Kanye West having Paul McCartney on his song is a bunch of kids went, oh, yeah, Kanye Kanye West discovered Paul McCartney and then they Googled Paul McCartney and God forbid, maybe they listened to uh, let it be and it changed their lives. Like it changed the rest of us. So, you know, that we give, we give kids crap today for like not being all knowing, but the fact is, is, you know, I, they're further away. At the same time. I mean, it's not like it's happening. Like it's not, it's not like that stuff is being put in front of them for them to even notice. Like, they could just be caught up in their, their, their whatever. I don't even. I don't, I'm like behind, like on their Snapchat lifestyle or whatever. That's probably like three <laughs> social medias ago. It's just every generation discovers things, you know, their own way. And my generation didn't really know what soul music was before the commitments. And, you know, quite frankly, like I was a huge fanatic about Motown music. And you know why? It was because of the California Raisins, because I heard the California Raisins and I bought I somebody gave me a California Raisins record when I was a kid. And that's how I and I said, this is the greatest music ever. And then I found out later it was all you know old Motown covers you find things the way you have to find them they're not always pretty and and nice but at least you find them eventually and that's what's really important so you know uh rant over uh but there's one more thing that we have to discuss about this episode uh that is really very important we really need to weigh in on uh this thing right here Uh oh Snow glows white on the mountain tonight Not a footprint to be seen A kingdom of isolation And it looks like I'm the queen 
Watching Ed lip sync Let It Go is possibly the greatest thing. Like, watching Ed lip sync Let It Go is kind of like, I'm so glad to be doing this podcast. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm also going to put this this image in the Facebook group because it's one of my favorite things uh, of last year. Um, but anyway, uh, although it's yes. technically not correct because there's no song Frozen, but anyhow, I'll put it in the. Where's the? How do I share stuff in the? If you listen to us, there's a showcase thing now. If you uh, are watching the feed, uh, so that's a new thing that they added. But anyway, uh, so this is of course Let It Go. I literally had a moment there where I was like, "Ah, Dina Menzel," and then had to remind myself this isn't a Dina Menzel. We have right. to now have the very important conversation about Let It Go. Let it go. Plus, let it go. Leah Michelle versus let it go. Adina Menzel. I will put it out to you first, Jennifer. Let it go. <laughs> what? Let well, go my, your thoughts. My first thought was, well, I even said to you, I'm like, wow, do you think her mom coached her on how to sing this? Because like, how adorable is that? Wouldn't it be cool, though, if she kind of came out behind her like a ghost and like started singing it with her? Oh, God. <laughs> So bad. Oh God, that would be weird. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't weird. do that. Oh, that would be <laughs> um, like, like she wasn't actually there. It was just like her remembering. Her yes, mom. like, yeah, like people that sing with their dead parents and so. Her, her mom with with Quinn's baby. <laughs> Ed. I oh, who should you. be starting McKinley next year? Oh my God. That'd no, that, that timeline's not that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they're going to play fast and loose with timelines, I will too. Uh, Ed, I would put it to you, Leah Michelle versus Adina Menzel, or more accurately, Leah Michelle versus Adina Menzel versus Demi Lovato. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with... I mean, they all have their, they all have, well, actually, I don't know if Rachel's really bringing anything different to it. Like, Rachel's like the, the weird, not, well, no, Demi's, let's say she's an in-between, she's an in-between Idina, but not, like, not really. Like, she's literally, she's literally leaning on Idina's cover, or version, <laughs> and in her cover, and I, I don't, I mean, they're all fine. I mean, that's <laughs> my, my, 
Yeah, I mean, first you have to he... accept that the song's a little meh, and then you Aww. have to get on to... No, are you, no you're, you are incorrect, sir. <laughs> the song was sent unto us from heaven above. By the angels. I said a little meh. I don't know. <laughs> a little... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I mean, I guess if you think life is a little meh, or the creation of art itself <laughs> is a little meh, then I guess, yeah, it's a little meh. But for the rest of us, Let It Go is an anthem for a new generation. I think I really enjoyed it because I hadn't heard it in so long. Yeah, so it's it been it like was... at least a week. Because she did it at New Year's. She did it at the New Year's Rockin' Eve. We didn't have I, the volume I... on, remember? Okay. I watched it. Okay. We, had our, we had our own dialogue going. I listened to it later because she missed some of the notes and there was a big dust up on the Twitters. Oh, my God. But People then... Just... Oh God. Because she's Mariah, singing live and she's for Christmas human. That, and... that went bad lately. Whatever. <laughs> well, no... Um, so she but, missed so on radio, radio Disney. They play uh, back off Disney, Twitterverse. The, the Disney cast of stars. I have no idea who any of these people are, by the way. But the Disney cast of stars. They do. They do uh, like a, a choir version of "Do You Want to Build a Snowman?" and makes you cry. Like, Aww, that like, is a fantastic. They're, they're all that alone makes me cry. together. Well, okay. So here's the thing. If she had lip synced it, the Twitterverse would have like railed her for that. She missed a note because she's singing outdoors in sub. Exactly. freezing weather at night doing a live performance where anything can happen and she's not a robot oh my god i <laughs> no i mean it's totally true and what am the, i doing wrong oh, no i was just moving and touching the screen okay um it's it's totally true and and she posted a great thing which was uh it was just a picture of a quote she had been quoted in some interview where she's like there are over a hundred thousand notes that you have to hit in any musical. And I realized at some point, if I hit 75 of those, then I'm winning. Mm -hmm. And if I hit 75 of those or 75% of those, Mm -hmm. then I'm winning. And if I hit, and if I also am communicating a plot story and emotion while I'm doing it, then I'm a superstar or something like that. And I was like, exactly true story and the other thing like her bad notes are still infinitely better than anybody who posted (laughs) anything negative could even do on their best day that's also true um as far as the question i put to you guys adina uh leah michelle versus demi lovato uh demi lovato did her best uh it was fine and isn't Uh, usually the pop version the more popular one usually it's the only time in disney history where the the show 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 tune version Uh, was more successful uh and then i have to say like adina pretty much defined what the song is and i feel like leah michelle's actually bored of it like there's a moment halfway through where i'm like she doesn't even care about this song well have, have you seen the um you if, you need to go on youtube because i'm so i did tweet this a few times but it's like uh let it go voices is what i it's like by christina blancho or something and she does she does idina she does demi and then she does like a bunch of other people's version like in there and like like her her uh, Celine Dion is killer on <laughs> on her like she does like a little bit in Celine Dion and then her I like the Lannis set version she does but I I always go Gaga when she does the Christina Aguilera oh that's a bit ironic that I said that that she that when like Christina Aguilera uh, like Rosen oh my god the way she the way she hits those notes like Christina would I'm like I really want a Christina Aguilera version of this of Let It Go now <laughs> yeah, so so I guess Josh you are not like me and listening to the Let It Go remix EP on occasion. I do not actually. That is that shocks <laughs> no one. Well, well, actually, a little bit. 
I liked it at the beginning. I really did like that song, but the more I listened to it, I'm see. I'm the opposite. When I first heard, I was like, okay, this is fine. And then I'm like, and then and then I don't know. I was I was like a giant. Like I was one giant goosebump the first time I heard the cold never bothered me anyway. But uh, we we're about to lose Jennifer. Jennifer needs to run and get ready because she's going out with her mom. So we're going to lose Jennifer, and then we'll listen to some voicemails, and then we'll say goodbye. Oh, but um, we can listen to voicemails. Okay, let's listen to voicemails. We only have three. Uh, so here are voicemails. Wow, that's uh, a lot. <laughs> I know, right? I'm, I'm I, impressed we have that yeah. many. So here are some voicemails. This is listener Sammy. Hey, Sammy. Hey, guys. Long lost listener Sammy here. I've been without a phone for the last year and a half. Yes, you heard that right. But two things happened this week. I got a phone again, and Glee is Glee again. What is this feeling? It's like my heart just grew three sizes in one night. Is this? Could it possibly be? Yes, I think it is. My faith in Glee has been restored. I have to admit, coming into this season, I knew only two things. Kurt and Blaine broke up because Tumblr thrives on spoilers, and that Rachel and Blaine fell faster than presidential approval ratings. And I have a major issue with both points because it felt very out of character for all parties involved, as well as them taking what would have been Finn's storyline and forcing it on Rachel and throwing her own storyline and ambitions out the window. These things bothered me. They still do. But the brilliance of the writers of these two episodes is that they made me want to forget all about that and have fun again. This is what season four should have been. These are the kids they should have brought in season four. Not some pasty-faced CW clone people, but these kids. These kids are genuine stars, and I'm so excited to see where this fledgling Greek club goes. Wait, that sounds familiar. Where have I heard that before? Oh, season one. Hashtag <laughs> season six is the new season one. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. Bye. <laughs> and then we have, let's see, I don't remember who this is. Hey, Justin and Ed, this is listener Emily. First off, I wanted to say welcome back. I'm so glad you guys are returning to record the sixth season. And now for my four-word review, I didn't hate it. I came into these episodes fully prepared to rant and rage, and I had so many friends who were following spoilers and just trying to pre-warn me about how awful it would be, and I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, song-wise, yeah, there were some issues with production value. Some of these numbers really felt kind of phoned in, way too overproduced. I'm looking at you, Vocal Adrenaline, and the Warblers, though I love them. The vocals on Sing were not great, but overall... I enjoyed both these episodes. I think the biggest surprise for me, though, given my, well, lack of love for the 2.0s, was how much I enjoyed these new, new, I think, new directions. (laughs) They were interesting, unique characters. I kind of want to know why the writers saved them for now. If they brought out these guys in the fourth season, things may have turned out differently. Anyhow, can't wait to hear your thoughts. Excited to hear the podcast. Can't have to miss it live, but I gotta work. Have a great day. Bye. But I I say without the season four people, we would not have the season six people because like maybe maybe they thought in season four that they could like because at the time they were writing high. They're like, we could put any one of these slots and we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna be successful. And then they're like, hold on, it doesn't you can't just put 
anyone in this slot. Yeah. You actually need to try a little bit more. Yeah, yeah and they kind of were like, we made stars out of nobodies. Let's make stars out of stars. And yeah. And the thing is, it's like, I do feel kind of bad saying like, oh, you know, only people who aren't traditionally pretty, you know, have problems and you know these these other people can't possibly have problems because they're too you know well, the, again traditionally but, but, pretty but, but they just Jane weren't dynamic gorgeous. Oh, oh no that's what i'm saying i'm just saying tradition like what they what they forced upon us with the 2.0s you know the very I, I traditional like the you know cw the clones by so. the fire station now not you guys oh oh <laughs> We didn't I don't even hear it. I totally missed it. No. Oh, wow. I now live by the fire station. Drink. <laughs> Drink. It's nine in the morning. <laughs> well, we have one more longstanding listener. Here's Joe's baby, 957. Hey there, Gleeful. Um, this is Joey's baby, 956, six. calling in to weigh in on the first two episodes of Glee Season 6. Um, wow. Glee is back, guys. <laughs> Uh, I was really impressed. I don't, and someone posted on Tumblr earlier. I don't know if we had really, really low expectations and it turned out to be better or if it was just a really good episode. I couldn't tell myself because some of it was just like, eh, and then a lot of it was really, really good. I love seeing the Warblers again. Um, I, they're just as funny as they always have been. I love Blaine's dynamic with the Warblers and him kind of taking over a very teacherly role I really enjoyed as well. His, his handling with Jane uh, before she moved over to McKinley was fantastic. And then Jane in general was awesome. Um, she's definitely one of my new favorite newbies. I'm so glad to see that the new people are not so generic uh, this time around because the last group was obviously quite the fail. Um, <laughs> except for Kitty, and I do hope Kitty will come back because I, I enjoyed seeing her for the 20 seconds we got of her, and I love her so much. Um, cause she's just brilliant. Um, and I love, uh, Madison and Mason, I think are their names. They're, they seem like they're going to be really fun characters. Um, Sue did her classic rage, kind of made my night. And I have to say the first episode was very emotional in a way that I almost didn't expect. Like I knew some of the stuff that was coming. Um, and, but like, oh my God, Chris Colfer just blew me away. Like, literally just the look on his face when Rachel walked into her room and he was sitting there. And I just, I, I lost it. You put some sappy music under Chris Colfer's acting and I just die. Um, and I thought it was brilliant. And then the, the scene with him and Blaine and Karofsky and Scandals, just, it killed me. I cried because I, it was so sad. I was like, dang it, Chris Colfer. Stop making me do this. I didn't feel so bad for Kurt. Um. <laughs> But obviously, Blaine and Crosby is in a really bad taste in my mouth, even though I know that there's nothing really wrong with it. It's just like, oh, they, they could be cute, you know, they have potential, but it's just like, eh. It just it doesn't look right to me. I'm just like, no, I'm not okay with it. But I'm interested to see where the story goes and, you know, if, if Kurt actually will win Blaine back. And I'm obviously excited to see what the rest of this last season um, holds in store for all of us. So I'm excited to listen in on the podcast a little bit later. Uh, you all have a nice night. Bye. All right. Well, that is pretty much, um, we just lost Jennifer, so <clears throat> we are sorry to see her go. But uh, on that note, I think that's all we got, Ed. You got anything else? Uh, not too much. Just um, uh, for those who suffered, not suffered, for those who made it through Survivor San Juan del Sur, despite being a not a fantastic season, be very, it was, I was very happy with the winner for that. I'm, I'm positive <laughs> there's at least someone in this Venn diagram of people who watch Glee and watch Survivor, right? There I'm must sure. be someone. There has to be. 
There must be someone else. What other things do I want to comment on? Uh, I have like stuff in the works that's gonna be happening. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to embrace 10x thinking. I don't know if you know about that. No. We'll, we'll talk about we'll that. talk about it later, yeah. I guess. And then right. that's it. So yeah, I mean yeah, I'm just trying to trying to trying to figure things out. I'm excited for San Francisco. I was like, only one more day till 50 degree weather. <laughs> and in and out burger. Double double animal style, please. Obviously, with grilled onions. What else are you gonna do? Animal like, style with grilled onions. Absolutely. Come on now. I mean, um, I mean, I know in and out isn't that special to you because you're like, I do whatever. Know. Uh, so I definitely want to get some co-hosts on this season. Uh, these mm-hmm. episodes have coming. Um, we'll try to standardize the time we record. It's usually Sunday evenings. Uh, but uh, if you want to co-host, email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. And I'll hit up a couple of the standards, the old standard listeners. Uh, but if you'd like to do that, please email us. Our email is, g- is gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Gleeful Podcast. On Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Uh, and that is about it uh, for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed. I'm Josh. She's Jen. I'm Ed. And I don't know when we're going to record next week. Because I'm still going to be there, so oh, we'll, that's right. we'll talk. We we'll talk. talk. We'll talk. We'll talk about it. Right. But I, sh- I, sh- I assume I'll have internet, but I don't know that yet. We will find out. I hope. I, I pray. <laughs> very right. cool. Well, uh, well, awesome. We will talk to everybody very soon. Good night, everyone. That's true.